I think constantly being in new environments makes you at first kind of uneasy, but over time, it builds your foundation to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. After a while, like I said, I didn't know or I didn't feel as though home was a specific place. It took time for me to realize that home is literally wherever I am. I am home. Hello, my love, and welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. My name is Melissa Martin. I am a business and embodiment coach and creator of the Boldly Courageous community. Just like you, I've walked through some dark seasons in life and I know what it's like to start over again and write a new story. This podcast is here to activate you, to show you what's possible when you embody your power and walk with courage and fear in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Each week, you will hear authentic conversations with thought leaders and visionaries as we dive deep into topics such as spirituality, business, money, relationships, sexuality, and so much more so that you can fully embody your boldly courageous self. Are you ready? Let's drop in. Hey, real quick before we dive into the episode, I need to let you know about something really, really special to me. So if you're anything like me and you've had this calling on your heart to start a podcast, but you have no idea where to start, I want to introduce you to the incredible team that I have worked with literally from day one of launching Boldly Courageous over at Podcast Co. They have just released a self-paced course called Launch Your Fucking Podcast. This program will literally take you through step-by-step of launching your podcast from start to finish. You will learn everything about how to create and find the foundation and mission of your podcast, how to come up with the perfect name, get super clear on your audience and the structure of your show. Also, you will learn how to record, how to produce, how to edit, and also hosting, music, creating the perfect cover, and building a successful launch strategy. Basically, by the end of the program, you will have launched a podcast that feels authentic and expansive to you, labeling you as the expert that is ready to impact and grow your audience in whatever phase of life they may be at. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, use code boldly courageous at checkout, and you will get a hundred dollars off the launch your fucking podcast course. So now let's jump into the episode. Steven, I'm so honored for you to be here on the Boldly Courageous podcast. This has been a long time coming. And something that I love about you is your generosity. In the time that you and I have gotten to know each other, I have felt this like genuine desire to want to give to others, whether it's through your community or your brand partners, the relationship that we've had. It comes from just like this place of genuine connection. And I I value that so much. I think as a business owner and an entrepreneur, it's so important to have that genuine desire to want to give. And it comes comes across loud and clear. So thank you for being you and for being here. Thank you for having me and for those kind words, especially, and for even just acknowledging those things. I think it's important to give people their flowers while they're here. So I appreciate that, Melissa. Thank mm. you. <laughs> so on that note, what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Ooh, that's a good question. Yesterday, I was on a phone call with a couple of investors and my friend was on the other line <laughs> and we were texting each other like, oh man, 
we should show our face. We should ask questions so they'll know us. But we were both nervous. And um, we came up with the question, long story short. And before we could even like talk ourselves out of it, I just asked it. Just popped up there, opened my camera. Hey, uh, boom, 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 boom. That felt like, ooh. Once that went well, I was like, oh, you know what? I could do anything. I can do anything. I left that room, that call, and just felt like the rain had just drizzled God's nectar everywhere <laughs> on this earth, and everybody was just happy. <laughs> I was just, I was like, wow. It's it's so interesting how a feeling in the morning can change your outlook on the whole day. Mm-hmm. You wake up, you have like a good interaction with somebody, even if it's a random one. Oh my God. The whole rest of the day is up. That's right. I love that. And so was the feeling that you had based on the action that you took or the result that you got? I'm just curious in that experience. That's a great question. I think it came from the part of your body where you feel really nervous to do something. And then after a certain point, you're like, you know what? Let the cookies crumble where they may. I got to the point where I was confident enough to just put myself out there. If they laughed me out of the room, well, <laughs> well, then it would just gone that way. And it would have been a memory, another page, another paragraph in my book of life. But I think it was from that decision to create my own reality and not let past experiences dictate how I show up now. Mm, it's like the reward was in you facing that fear and and feeling like, was like a boost of confidence that, Hey, I can do hard things. And then whatever the result was after that is just icing on the cake. Exactly. It it took me back to like being a little kid again, where you had all these expectations, you thought it would go a certain way, but you just did it anyway, because it's just, you're in the moment, you're in the present moment. Future doesn't matter. Past doesn't exist right now. Mm. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Okay. So Let's go back in time before the universe, your brand was in existence. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about what life looked like for you then? And what was the inspiration behind the brand? Mm, Take you back. Take you back. So I was born in Virginia, Fairfax, Virginia. Um, Shout out to everybody in Virginia right now, all the listeners. And I grew up in Maryland and went to school in D.C. So right off the bat, it kind of felt like, I had a interesting way of navigating life because I was in different locations all the time. I was never in one space for a long time. So after that, it kind of felt like at a certain point, I didn't know exactly what home was because I was moving. We're going to different schools. I, I think I went to three different schools, which I'm sure for some people is really normal. At that point, I was just feeling like, oh, man. I'm I'm all over the place. And the thing that kept me grounded at that point was sports. And that's how I made a lot of friends. It made me feel as though I was connected to a community no matter where I was. And so fast forward to when I went to college at uh, the U of A, I always had an interest in just connecting people. I always loved to be uh, the person, not necessarily that hosts the party, but brought all the people to the party or had all the different groups. If this group never really chilled with that group, well, then they're going to be introduced right now because I'm here, you know? And so to your question about my inspiration for beginning the universe, it started when I was in Tucson and I left U of A 
and I was working at this job at the Seasons. This is called the Seasons Apartments. I was making about eight fifty an hour, if that's even legal, you know. <laughs> and so I'm making eight fifty an hour, and it, I remember like it was yesterday. It was Thanksgiving, and they were telling us that we had to do this thing called turn, which is where you had to clean out all the apartments because all the kids were leaving for well, winter break and whatnot. And so during that time, they're really cracking down and saying that they're going to get more strict on the timing and everything. I was just thinking for eight fifty an hour. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it for eight fifty an hour. And so I remember looking at Lindsay and being like, look, we got to go. We got to go up north to Phoenix. There's a lot more opportunities up there. Let's just see where the cookies crumble. I know we don't have any idea what we're going to do, but let's just do it because this ain't it. This right here, that's not it. So you had this then, nudge, like this, like feeling like, I don't know what's for me, but this ain't it. And there's something bigger and you, but you didn't know what that looked like. 1000%. I think at that point I had started to look at life as a video game where if you're not creating it, you're going to be in somebody else's world. And I had that right there, getting paid 850 made me think I'm not trying to be in anybody else's world. Right. So we move up. I'm about 26 or so. Lindsay's about 25, 24. And we get to Phoenix. We're in Tempe. And the first day, it was beautiful. We moved in and it started pouring rain and kind of picturesque, kind of uh, majestic. And that night, I remember I had come out from the balcony. I came inside and Lindsay was crying. I was like, what? So I go to the bathroom and she's like bawling, crying. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? She's like just panicking and hyperventilating. I'm like, oh no. And at that point, I'm working as a pharmaceutical representative. So I immediately think like, okay, maybe she should see a doctor. Maybe I have a couple connections I can uh, reach out to. And it immediately left my mind in that same breath because during that time, this is the height of the opioid epidemic. This is 2017 or so. And everybody, it was all over the news what opioids were doing to people. So I didn't even want them to even suggest something like that. So I was like, you know what? Let's see what we can do. And so every day for a couple hours at a time, she would have these panic attacks, these severe panic attacks. And I literally did not know how to help her until I did a little research after a while. And I came across CBD. I came across the stories of how this mother in Brazil had a, has her daughter who's nine years old, who has epilepsy, and she would have seizures for hours on end. And the doctors literally told her, there's nothing we can do. This is just the way it's got to be because the rules in Brazil were CBD was highly illegal. And then there are other stories in San Diego and just all these different stories. And I was like, you know what, why don't you at least consider trying this i've seen some other people have some pretty amazing things happen to them um i've tried cbd you know nothing crazy happened to me maybe it can help you and during her next panic attack literally within five minutes her whole energy just calmed it just came back to a balanced state and i was like what you could literally see i don't know if you've ever seen somebody when they're like enraged or in a hyperventilating state, and then all of a sudden, nothing, just calm. And so that really opened up my eyes to what it can do physically to people. And then to help prevent it, we came across 
holistic wellness. Being in Phoenix, there's a nice holistic wellness community here. And there's so many different groups, so many different classes and stuff like that. So after her experience with CBD, we decided to sign up for a couple different yoga classes, a couple different uh, meditation classes as well at this place called Urban Wellness. And ultimately, the combination of those two things really made me think, yo, this could be something big for somebody. Like if this helped her that way, imagine what it could do for other people, right? Fast forward to the next year, I think it was the year before the pandemic. I'm in my room, I'm laying down, and I'm starting to think about finance. I'm starting to think about the family pressures of, yo, you got, are you married yet? Are you getting married? You married? Yo, where's that ring? Yeah, you guys gonna, you know, all of that. And then you get the pressures of school as well, because I was still taking a couple classes, and I started to have a panic attack started to feel like the world was coming in on me and I remember Lindsay came out of nowhere and she started doing this breath technique she said just deep breath hold in for eight seconds blow out and exhale for eight seconds and then she started doing this chant that was like I am that I am I am and for whatever reason my mind was able to just focus on that one thing and it brought me back to the present moment I finally felt like, yo, whew, I'm feeling better now. That was all the proof I needed to think this could be something where many people out there could help or it could help a lot of people out there. And so that's essentially what started the universe. And yeah, now we are where we are. <laughs> I love that. So prior to Lindsay having panic attacks. Had you ever tried CBD or done any meditation or mindfulness, or was this all completely just guided for the two so, of you? Uh, before her and her panic attacks, I had never tried just CBD. I had tried marijuana edibles before and hit or miss. They're hit or miss back then, at least. <laughs> um, now, I think it's something that it's so vital because I started doing a little research on it and how your body naturally produces endocannabinoids. I never knew that beforehand. And so all this information just started popping out of nowhere. I was like, wait a minute. This is something that actually, you know, scientifically brings you back to homeostasis. That's crazy. It's never been mentioned before. And it, in fact, it's actually been criminalized in a lot of places beforehand. So yeah, it, it definitely, I had never even thought about it being something that could be medicinally beneficial for somebody. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so, so here you guys are now you're in Arizona. You had this nudge to like, get out of the place that you were in, stop working for this property manager. Lindsay starts having panic attacks. You find a cure, you start getting <laughs> more into mindfulness and this idea for the universe comes into your into your mind so then what like what was the first thing that you did what was the first product that you launched and I'm sure that looking back there have been some <laughs> maybe mistakes that you've made or things that you would have done differently so there's a lot of um, people that listen to this this podcast that are entrepreneurs or they want to start a business or maybe they you know I they've had an idea like this right and and it kind of goes into the, like the the idea shelf of never neverland where like it just kind of hangs out there and no one ever really takes action on it right i know i speak for myself that 
there's been plenty of times where I've had amazing ideas, but for whatever reason, fear or imposter syndrome or something stops me. So I guess my real question is how long was it from the time that you were like looking at the finances and feeling the pressure and doing the breath work and using CBD? How long was it from the time that you had the idea for the universe that you actually took action? And what did that look like? Hmm. That's a great question. Damn. I would say six months. And the reason for it is because I was working as a pharmaceutical rep. And at that point, I was just thinking about the money. And it it wasn't until I started to really look in the mirror and be like, you know what? I don't want to be associated with these kind of or this kind of situation that the pharmaceutical industry is going through right now. I don't feel right. I don't feel right where doctors are actively benefiting off of prescriptions that they're giving to people, knowing that maybe there's something better, you know, just because they're getting compensated for this. And so after that is where I really started to think, okay, well, how can I help people? If I'm to create my own, own reality, what would I do naturally? I like to help people. I like to make people feel better um, in different ways. So I think the first product, <laughs> I, the company was originally named Avo, like avocado, but Avo. And then I saw a couple of other, um, <laughs> other companies named Avo. So it changed to Uni, like Y-U-N-I. And originally it started out as a edible water bottle that was completely made out of like this, it wasn't gelatin, but it was some kind of like, uh, I think it comes from seaweed. Ultimately, it's like this little wrapping paper, but it, it, it's hard to explain, but it dissolves. Essentially, you could just eat it. And after that idea, I got into body butter and started thinking, yo, maybe, maybe body butter with CBD in it could really help people. Right. And well, originally what killed the first idea was where are you going to put an edible water bottle down? Like once you put it down, you're not going to pick it up and drink it or eat it. Like it's already touched the surface. So um, moved on to body butters and body butters are really interesting because there was this lady who started a, um, a cancer foundation out in upstate New York. And she reached out to us about our body butters because she was putting together these care packages with socks and different things that people who are going through chemo would really benefit from. And she wanted to include our body butters. And so we did that. But after a while, there just didn't seem to be enough interest in the body butter aspect. And this is like 2018, 2019. So CBD was still kind of bubbling. People didn't know as much about it. And then after that, I started thinking about how tea and coffee are the two most consumed beverages outside of water in the world. And then I really never, yeah, right? It's crazy, right? <laughs> and I never thought about how tea literally has herbal benefits if you drink the right teas, you know? In the past, it was kind of like you just drink it. I know there's a completely different culture in London or in England in general um, where it's like a, it's part of the culture. You drink it and it's a way to interact, to socialize with other people and to just take a moment for yourself. In America, I always felt as though it was just a beverage. You just drink it. You know, there's nothing associated around it. So that's the way I looked at it. And then to learn more about tea and its herbal benefits and cacao and stuff like that, it just opened my eyes. Mm. 
Yeah. It's interesting. Cool. Like in the U S it's coffee, right? Like everyone's like, let's grab a coffee in London. It's it's let's grab a tea. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for as dynamic as coffee is tea is way more like there's because you're dealing with multiple different types of herbs and blends and all the things. Right. So tea feels like a much more robust opportunity than coffee Absolutely. to me when I think about it. Absolutely. I-, I wanted to ask you, what was your what was that idea for you that you either started with that first idea, first business idea or um, the first one that you never actually dove into the one that you like, ah, you know what? Maybe not this one. I- I'll wait. I'll wait. Oh gosh, I've had so many. I think my first, and thank you for asking. I'm really trying to like presence the question and think back, like going back into the vault of business. And my first real thought around entrepreneurship was to become a massage therapist. Mm. I had gone to school for financial service management and I was working in the corporate world. And the logical next step for me in my career was to get my master's degree. And I had gotten the books to study and they just collected dust in my apartment for six months. And I was like, maybe this isn't it. And I had read a journal from like end of high school, maybe early college. I was in community college. And in it, I had referenced like going to massage school. And I had forgotten that that was an idea. And for some reason, it was calling me. But I was in this place of uncertainty, like really not sure if that was my path. And it was alumni weekend for my sorority. And one of my alumni sisters was out and we were having drinks and she was catching me up on her life. And she had become a full-time massage therapist. She had worked in the music industry and was on tour with Green Day and was with them as their, as, um, their like lead massage therapist. So she was, she was able to kind of combine her love of music and the entertainment industry with doing massage therapy. And she was on the road and, and like just that conversation lit a fire under me. And I decided like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I was still working in financial service industry in my corporate job. And I was going to school part-time as a massage therapist. And it was, you know, I had all of these ideas to own my own business and, you know, open us, not a spa, but like a studio. And very long story short, I ended up having an issue with my, uh, my state license for New York and I wasn't able to get licensed and I would have had to wait six months or seven months. And I had just lost my job and I needed money. And I got introduced to multi-level marketing through health and fitness. And that was just the opportunity that was right in front of me. And eventually I ended up making so much with that business that like, I didn't need to trade my time, you know, hours a day massaging people. And I also started to lose my love for it. I did the same thing with yoga teacher training. I went and got certified as a yoga, yoga teacher. And I had a yoga studio for a short period of time. And I started to feel resistance around showing up to teach. And I realized that it was more for me than it was for anybody else. And I, Mm. I think that sometimes like, you know, you have to put yourself in it to really see like, is this something that I'm really passionate about? And don't be afraid to quote unquote, waste the time or waste the money because you take all that with you. Right. So those are the two that are like off the top of my head. But I remember when I was in network marketing, I was like, I wanted to help women with trauma. I wanted to to combine like wealth and wellness. And I had started a blog called hustle and woo woo 
for a while. That was my first blog. <laughs> yes. And it was actually um, December 5th because it was the day my sister had passed. I remember it. And it was 2018. Like the memory just popped up. Might have even been 2017. Pretty sure it was 2018. And the memory just popped up on my timeline of like, oh, I'm doing this. And I posted my first blog post. And that felt scary as hell because I didn't know what I was doing. I don't, I, I think my social media and my email is kind of like a blog. It's not on a website, but yeah. <laughs> do you remember what that first blog post was about? Yeah, it was nothing in life will ever require the amount of courage to face your own death. Like no matter what it is that you're facing, like going back to what you were saying earlier about the courage to take yourself off the video and to ask for what you want, like that definitely requires a lot of courage, but nothing will ever require the level of courage that you will need to face the fact that you're going to die. And we all know we're going to die, but I think when you have a terminal illness, there's a greater level of certainty that the it's coming a lot sooner. Like ignorance is bliss. I think when mm -hmm. it comes to the finality of our life, because we don't know, but when you do know things, it's a lot different. Right. And there's a lot of courage that's required every single day to get the most out of life. And so here Absolutely. I was like terrified to write a blog and I'm like, this is silly. Like, like I think that it was, I remembering the title now it was life is too short for comfort zones. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. That's a great title. Yeah. That's yeah. A really and so I was taking title. that leap out of my comfort zone to write this blog and put myself out there. And there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes in my life with uh, women that I felt judged by. And I was afraid that they were going to make fun of me or like, this was so different. Like I was kind of like leaving the pack, so to speak, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think anytime you step outside of your own comfort zone, but also outside of your own community of the way people have known you, it's scary. You know, do you ever feel like that anymore? I feel like I have a different relationship to fear and comfort zones. Like I, I feel like I have a lot more tools to sit with that feeling and I don't procrastinate as long. As far as like stepping out of my communities, I don't feel that because the communities that I'm part of encourage that and they understand like the women in my life understand that, hey, if we're not talking for six months. It's not because I don't love you. I'm just kind of in my zone right now. Mm -hmm. And your expansion doesn't detract from my own. Like there isn't that triggering codependent relationship. So mm. it doesn't feel as scary to me. And I think I look at it less of like stepping away from one community as stepping into another community, like expanding into more communities and newer spaces. So it's less about like, fear of letting go of this mm -hmm. space and more of like the unknown of stepping into something new. Does that make sense? Hmm. What well, is it just the learning of new techniques and, uh, and things like that, that led you to feel more comfortable like that? Because I feel like sometimes I still get a little nervous whenever there's a new group, although there's that excitement of like your new kid at a new camp, to take it back to when we we're kids mm -hmm. um, at a new camp and everybody kind of knows each other, but you're a new, new person. Where do you get that comfortability from? Or did you have to learn that? Or were there experiences that led you to? Uh, well, you bring up such a good point. Like, and I'm sure you've had these experiences too, where like the 10 year old version of you just wants to be accepted. Right. And I, I had that moment. I remember 
being on the playground in a new school. Like I transferred schools halfway through first grade. I was in an inner city school. It wasn't really inner city, like New York city, but it was more city environment than where I was at the moment. And, you know, being wild and crazy was, um, like my, wild, crazy, outlandish self in that environment was very subdued compared to, you know, in this town of 2000 people that's mostly farmers and blue collar workers. It was, and not a lot of diversity. It was a very different experience for me. And I just wanted to fit in. And there was these two girls that I just thought were like amazing. And I really wanted to be friends with them. And so I said, Hey, I, I want to be friends with you. And they were, you know, their little, little click, they were besties. And they said, okay, well, if you want to be friends with us, you have to be a fast runner and um, (laughs) you have to complete this obstacle course in this amount of time. And of course it was like, they just made it up and it was impossible, (laughs) but my pure, sweet little, like, love me heart was like, I'm going to do this. And of course I didn't do it fast enough. And they said I couldn't be friends with them and I was crushed. Right. But it formed like performative behaviors of like having to prove yourself in order to be loved and all these things. And so I started to see that pattern play out later in life in terms of like relationships with women. And I think that you, you will get to a point in your life where you're, you're like repeating patterns and they're continually causing you pain, like in relationships, whether it's female relationships or co-working relationships or romantic partnerships And then finally you're like, okay, I'm done, I'm done with this. And you have to look at like why, uh, like I'm the common denominator. But anyway, I think for me, the biggest aha around this of like stepping into rooms that scare you and really stretch you was when I invested in a mastermind. It was the biggest investment I had ever made. And I really respected the, the gentleman who was facilitating the group. Like I had a great relationship with him and his wife and, um, like that felt exciting. And when we got on the first zoom call and everyone was going around introducing themselves, I started to have what I guess I would call a a, a panic attack. Like my, Mm -hmm. my chest got really tight and my throat got really restricted And I got like kind of sick to my stomach and I could feel my face getting red and my eyes were watering because I was crying. (laughs) And and I started to feel this like deep sense of unworthiness. Like I don't belong Mm. in this room. I don't have anything to offer. And all of these people are so much more successful than me. I look up to them like I'm going to be that person that's like the outlier that doesn't keep up, that doesn't make as much money, that is not as intelligent, that um, doesn't have anything to offer. Like, I'm going to be the kid in the class that doesn't have their work done, that doesn't contribute Mm. to group projects. Like, it's like all of those feelings. And I'm sure, yeah, like moving school to school, I'm sure you've, you've felt that, right? Everybody's felt that. It is crippling. It is crippling. And our very first meet up. Okay. I like talked myself off the ledge. I'm like, I belong here. I was invited. Like I'm, it's okay. Like you're going to be fine. And I flew out to California and I walked into this room full of 30 entrepreneurs. And I, again, had the same feeling of like, I'm going to be sick. Like, I really don't know if this is for me. Like maybe I can back out. And what was really cool about that experience was there was transparency and vulnerability. And there's like, this is the key, right? 
every single person went around the room and talked about the thing that they were struggling the most with and also what they could help you with. Mm. And as I listened to every single person go around and talk about the things that they were struggling with, it was the same things I was struggling with. It was like, what am I struggling with? What is my ask? Like, what do I need from the group? And what can I offer? It was like that kind of a thing. And when I was listening to all the things that they were like, what do I need? I'm like, I can help you with that. I can help you with that. I can help you with that. Like, so it, it was more like, it helped me to understand that just because I didn't have a business as as successful, or I wasn't making as much money, or maybe I didn't have a team. I still had gifts that I could offer. And I recognized that I had been putting these people on a pedestal Mm. and that, not only did that do them a disservice because now I'm holding them to a standard that perhaps they didn't agree to, but it's diminishing my own value. And so I understood this concept of like hierarchical leadership and sideline leadership. And I felt like by me thinking I had nothing to offer and putting all these people on a pedestal and assuming that they were better than me, I was placing myself in this standard of like hierarchical leadership. Mm-hmm. And once I understood the concept of like, hey, we're sidelined, we're side by side. And what people really wanted from you or what they wanted from me was just my presence. Like it was my energy that was the gift. It was my presence that was the gift. It was being able to sit with them eye to eye and not judge them through the lens of their accomplishments, Mm -hmm. but really just open my heart to who they are. It unlocked so much for me. So now I can walk into a room and say, I don't care what you do. I care who you are. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so like, yeah. <laughs> That's the common denominator. Mm. Everybody does something different, but at the same time, everybody is somebody. Everybody wants to feel heard. Everybody wants to be feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. You hit the nail on the head. I remember... My, (laughs) I used to get that nervous, but my whole thing that would ground me was at any point I could just leave. And so I always made sure that I parked close and (laughs) I would make sure I'll be, I remember one time I was doing a lifeguarding training and we had to swim like 300 meters or so. And I didn't bring my goggles and I thought, you know, this would be a breeze. I used to swim all the time. I got this. About 12 other people are there look like they have been swimming all their life swimmers have a certain type of body they just look like swimmers and I was like okay and I looked in their hands they all had goggles I was like damn okay you know maybe we can still do this right I get in the water I'm fourth and the way that they're doing it is one person jumps in you wait five seconds then the next person jumps in and it keeps going like that and you go up and you go down and so three people go before me and I'm fourth I hop in I start swimming And all of a sudden I feel my legs start cramping. I'm like, oh no. And I don't have my goggles so I can't see anything. I start to panic. I'm like, oh no, no, no. I hop out of the water. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go get my goggles. I got in the car and left so quickly. (laughs) Never came back. Same thing. Like I used to do that with uh, interviews or even like just meeting up with people. I used to have this really weird fear of meeting somebody in a group of people Like if you go somewhere and say it's a huge cafeteria and you're looking for one person and everybody is in there, it's like that fear, I would just leave, right? And so to piggyback off of what you're saying, everybody has felt like that. I remember being in Spanish class and I'm not a native Spanish speaker, but I was speaking 
And I felt like everybody else knew more than me. Anytime I was asked to come to the front of the class and speak, super nervous. Why? We're all there to learn. If everybody knew it, they'd be teaching it. You feel me? So it's one of those things where it's like we build up other people in our heads so much more and forget kind of go back to that child mindset of everybody is just a regular person. Now I see everybody as just a grown up kid that needs to feel heard, needs to feel like they belong. Because if you don't feel those things, you will feel all those things that you're talking about. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. That sucks so much. It's such a low <laughs> vibration, you know, and it's carried. It emanates off of you. You feel like that. Other people can probably sense it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. do you still get, do you still have like uh, your escape route planned now when you go into <laughs> large groups? <laughs> I always know how I'm going to go if I need to go. But the main thing now I try to do is I go in there and I introduce myself to everybody. And what I've noticed is if I'm the common denominator that everybody knows within there, then it's less likely that I'll be the uh, person that's ousted if there is a situation <laughs> where somebody's getting ousted or feel like they don't belong because you have a connection with everybody. Now, if I go to a meeting automatically, oh, hi, I'm Stephen. Oh, hi, I'm Stephen Wolfo. Oh, hi, I'm Stephen Wolfo. What's that? Oh, I love your shirt compliment you instantly create a little bond with each person now we have a connection you're not going to turn on me like that if we have a connection hopefully (laughs) do you feel like that comes easy for you like being able to walk up to someone and just introduce yourself or is that a muscle you've had to flex over time no I think that was one of the benefits of going to so many different schools only there's only three but moving as well Um, And going to different camps, I think constantly being in new environments makes you at first kind of uneasy, but over time, it builds your foundation to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. After a while, like I said, I didn't know or I didn't feel as though home was a specific place. It took time for me to realize that home is literally wherever I am. I am home. That is a complete mind shift where you feel like I'm at home. I belong. Home, no matter where I am. Some people might not agree with me, but it doesn't matter. They're a part of my world, not the other way around. You know. Mm. So I think nowadays I absolutely love and cherish random conversations. Just the other day I was walking. I love to have morning walks. I was on a walk and this guy who was wearing a hat was walking by me. I said, hey man, I like your hat. He said, thank you, man. And we ended up having an hour and a half long conversation about him going to Vietnam, how his uh, grandfather grew up in the 1900s and what that was like and how ultimately what he's learned throughout all life. And this is one of my avid beliefs is that literally nothing else matters. Everything is a distraction except for love. Love is the only thing that matters. And there's no such thing as hate. It's just a lack of love. Mm. I believe that if people began to, one, ask themselves what they're grateful for, but two, seek out those relationships that would be out of the comfort zone, particularly. Go into those other communities and really just expand your overall impact. Why would you, when it's all said and done, want to be like, you know what? I played it safe. I played as what add to your book, add to those 
paragraphs. You feel me? You are so much more capable of than what you think you are. Test it out. I have a two-year-old son now named Cristiano, and he, at first, it, it would definitely get on my nerves. He would test my boundaries, but I now see life like that. Anytime I say, hey, don't, don't touch that, automatically go over there. And he'll be looking at me and say, hey, dad, and he'll touch it. I'm like, but then I started thinking, well, why? doesn't matter if he touches that. It's not going to hurt him. not going to hurt anybody else. Touch it. See what happens, you know? Have that inquisitive mind, that curiosity that they told George not to have and curious George, have that. Life is so much more interesting that way. Mm. A quote I heard from Robin Williams was, he used to literally go to restaurants or different buildings and just stand on tables, go under tables and whatnot. And when they asked him, yo, what the heck are you doing? He would say, I'm just changing my perspective. I'm looking at everything the same, the same wall, the same chairs, but just from a different perspective. I need to add to my mind. So beautiful. Mm, like that curiosity. I think we lose that. And when we're going through life and, you know, we're faced with conflict for, for me personally, like I experience this a lot and the women that I coach, it's like, what rules are you playing by? And a lot of times when we're in a place of feeling frustrated or we're in conflict, it's because we're looking at it through one lens or through the paradigm of a specific set of rules. And we just haven't given ourselves an opportunity to look at this from a different perspective or to get curious about what's here or reassess the rules that we're playing by. And I think that that's where so much happens, right? Like the greats of the world have discovered incredible things through a mistake mm -hmm. or an accident or changing their perspective on something. And, and so instead of like living life through everything has to be predictable and control, wouldn't it be so much more fun to live life through the lens of what can I be surprised by or what's here for me? Like get curious, like fuck around and find out, right? Like yes. <laughs> let me just fuck around and yes. find out like what would happen if I did this? Literally. Because like, I don't you turn know. Into a scientist. I have an everything. idea, but I really don't know. Right. Exactly. You want to test everything. Like I think there's so many different things, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your uh, parent, whether you're at a work or like a traditional nine to five, all of these different things ask you, or at least you think they're asking you to be married to your ego where, oh, I am a assistant manager of such and such branch of whatever. No, that's not who you are. That's what you do. Who are you? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I'm, I'm a parent of such. No, that's also what you do. Who are you? Mm -hmm. That's not, those are labels. That's not who you are. We forget that though. And it's like, Having these different conversations are so important because you draw attention to it. It's kind of like if I asked you, when's the last time you thought about your third toe? You'd be like, well, never until right now. Oh you just what, which toe to is it. my third toe? <laughs> Who knows? Like, <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I was like, it's not my pinky from. toe. <laughs> <laughs> but if you draw attention to it, that's when it happens. Like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you're right you know it, it's just interesting how how powerful our mindset is literally it controls everything our mm. perspective is reality mm. 
I love this. And one of the ways in which we've partnered, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk more about the ways that people can get into your world a little bit more and the universe and the products and the resources that you offer. So I hosted a retreat in Sedona called Devoted and the mm. universe was a brand partner, which I'm so grateful for. And um, the women in our retreat were gifted some of your tea, which was incredible. So I would love for you, and thank you, by the way, for that. Um, you. Can you share a little bit more about the the different ways in which the universe helps people to come into harmony with themselves and feel the most aligned? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We help people. Our intention is to help people in three different ways and to create a path from where we currently believe wellness is to where we think is going and where we hope to take it to. The first way is we help people with our online sound bath, guided meditations, yoga nidras, yoga, Reiki, coaching platform that people can access for free. And they can do this at any point. The way I like to put it is it helps you feel as though you can ground your energy or align your energy before during or after any activity, Mm. which like we just talked about with our mindset, sometimes it's just have that little reset before you give a speech or before you have a presentation or shoot before you start your day, whatever, whenever you want to do it, it's there for you. Um, So that's the first way. And the second way is through our physical products, such as our CBD teas, our CBD coffees, and our overall physical smudge kits um, that we offer as well. We have some gift boxes as well that include teas and um, different things that people can enjoy them with. Try to uh, tackle all of the senses. And then the third way, and I think this is what differentiates us from other companies, is we want to bring connection back. I think in a world where technology is at its all-time high than it's ever been before, We feel more disconnected. And I don't mean like we can't contact anybody. I mean, people, not you and I, but people do not feel as though they have any connection to a random person on the street. I just think that's fundamentally wrong. So we help people by creating different events monthly. And then also we have this open uh, line where you can call or write us and you can just be heard. One of the biggest things that's going on wow. right now, and it's always just, it's probably always been going on, but loneliness. What our mission is, our intention is, loneliness is something that we want to try and help. We can't cure it. There's always going to be something that, you know, is there. But as long as we can try and chip away at it and give resources where people can, if they just want to talk, we will listen. We will hold space for you won't try and say we can fix everything, but we will hear you. You will feel heard. And what's important about that is a lot of people have family. A lot of people have friends. A lot of people have coworkers, but not everybody has somebody that they can just genuinely speak to and not feel judged by, you know? Mm. And those are the main three things. And um, to the first point of going from where we are or where wellness is right now to where we believe it's going to be, is right now you see calm, you see insight timer, you see a, a headspace and companies like those. We believe they're in the first tier of uh, wellness, holistic wellness, which is more like me. How can I ground me? How can I 
do this by myself, my own personal path. And the way we believe everything is going is the universe is more about we. You can ground yourself and align your energy, but how can we also connect and do it together? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you take one light bulb and you turn it on, it shines, you know, it's bright. It's not dark, but you take 15 other light bulbs, you put that together, you turn them all on at the same time. Ooh, watch that beam gleam. It is shining, right? So we kind of want to do the same thing. Um, that's the intention of our event on January 1st in Phoenix is to host a meditation festival where people can come out to this park called Granada Park and meditate with many other people just from the valley or from around the world you know and set that intention for the new year of what you are going to do and how you're going to do it and let the universe handle the details you mm. don't need to know how just put it out there Bang. Mm. <laughs> I, i'm like google's flights to scottsdale this, <laughs> this sounds so amazing i love how you describe like tier one and tier two like the me versus the we and bringing community into it. And I think that's so important. And what a beautiful thing that you have this hotline. I didn't even know about that. That is, I think, really, really important work mm. that you're doing. And I love how you're bringing those three components together. And again, it kind of goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning of how I see you as someone who's just very giving and giving from a, a very like, not a, a like a depletion energy of like, I have so much within me that I can give to you because I give to myself first. And I, I think that that's such a beautiful thing. More people well, need you. this. <laughs> so you. if listeners want to um, try some products, get some smudge kits, get into the community, come to the event, all the things, if they want to dive into the universe, what is the best way for them to do that? Two ways. The first way would be um, to look up in the sky and say, thank you, universe. Just, just be grateful. And that's the first way. Second way is you can go to our website, um, the universe, spelled with a Y, Y-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E dot earth. And then you can also hop on Instagram um, and we are into the universe. Still having a little bit of debate with the person who owns the universe on Instagram. They're, they're not trying to give it up for anything less than 15,000. So we'll work that out though. <laughs> but yeah, uh, our website, theuniverse.earth and then into the universe on Instagram. I love it. Thank you again for this conversation. This was so much fun. Um, thank you for being a brand partner for the Devoted Retreat. It means so much that we get to do this together. And thank you for that first DM that you sent me years ago that started this mm. whole conversation. Thank you for, for coming onto Instagram and introducing mm. yourself. And she, and like, literally that's what it was a virtual handshake. You're like, hi, I think you're a dope human. We should connect. I'm grateful for you and for your gifts here. And you guys, if you love this episode, please share it, tag myself, tag Steven, let us know what your biggest takeaway was. We love to know what your feedback is. And until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. 
I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life. Bye.